You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. This is session 246. I'm Fred. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on Thursday night? Right here. (laughs) A rainy Thursday night. Yeah, it is. Even had some lightning. Yes, we did. We might have some thunder too while we're doing this. We had a few. (laughs) In fact, uh, I had some work to do this afternoon and I sent my wife on her merry way by herself. And as soon as she left, the power went out. I took the light with me, baby. (laughs) So I took the opportunity to go out and plant something. Uh huh. Want to welcome everybody on Mixler tonight. Looks like we have a great crowd. You have dialed into a good one. I see my buddy Robert Herman, Mr. Jay Calhoun, and I see somebody else. If you follow us on Mixler, I can tell who you are. So I would love for you to do that, especially if you're a guest of our guest tonight. That'd be wonderful. But welcome. Welcome, everybody, welcome. to God Stories Radio. Welcome to the GSR family. What's going on across the table, Mikey? Well, I will say it's, you know, with all that lockdown stuff, it's to see things starting to open up a little bit. It's uh, nice to see things moving a little bit. Um, even was able to spend Saturday morning at the guy's breakfast. Nice. It was nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Bob Evans is back in action. Well, yeah. We had, to, you know, if we had more than six people show up, then they have to sit at another table. Oh, that's true, I guess. But there was five hmm. of us, so we're good. Okay. It was awesome. I might come back if there's just that many. That's great. I'm <laughs> it was glad getting you too big to for that. me. Mm-hmm. What are you doing over there, Angie? <laughs> <laughs> getting ready. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of paper. Yes, it is. I don't know that we have that much time. Uh, All right. What's going on over there on your side of the world? Well, Oliver just had his first grooming today. Oh, I know it. My baby. My fur baby. Yeah. I heard that he he musked the place. He did. Oh, boy. Yeah. He did it. And poor thing. He's just scared. He's just such a little scaredy cat he's a dog but he's a scaredy cat wow and um he's the sweetest dog scaredy cat dog yeah 
We got him in January. He's a rescue and he's just terrified of most things. But <laughs> you wouldn't know that, though, by the way he barks, right? especially when Mike comes over. You'd think mm-hmm. he'd know Mike by now, but yeah. nope. <laughs> no, still gives him a bad time. Yep. Well, we had we it. had that that Corona, play, you know, that I wasn't able to come for about a month or so. So, missed me for about four or five weeks. He doesn't. He doesn't bark as much at you now. No. no the, as soon as he sees who it is, when the doorbell goes off, the the tail starts wagging. Yeah. <laughs> I always like what Marley used to. Marley give him a bad time, then run out past him. Yeah. <laughs> Then she'd come back in, turn around, woof at him, and go about it her own way. Uh-huh. <laughs> that dog was something else. I'm telling you what. Well, she does visit upon occasion, so um, you may be in for a treat <laughs> in the future. <laughs> okay. I know, right? Oh, But yeah, that was my my big event of the day besides getting paint at the Home Depot. Whoa. Yeah. Uh oh, some paintings going on for yeah. a rough, rough day in the office. Kitchen is about to get repainted. It's about to get real oh in the kitchen. No <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> well, you know, Home Depot's doing some good business, is all I can say. Oh, I'm Boy, sure don't they you did. know it, man? It's you got to wait an hour to get in the paint line. Yeah. Really? Well, you get you get locked down. Everybody's think, okay, well, I have time now to do this and that. So, yep, that's what happened. Well, sure. Yeah, I get it. It's the people there. Very excited about our guests today. Man, me too. I was going to say, let's waste no more time. Who do we have? Well, I'm really thrilled because this lovely lady is a very, very, very special friend of mine. She has become such a part of my life. I can't even describe our friendship because I feel like it's a spiritual friendship because it touches me in such a way that it's like a sisterhood, and but it's beyond that. And it's just so special to me. And ever since she came into my life, we've just kind of been sort of inseparable. Um, Her and another friend of ours. It's just been such a blessing to just have her be a part of my life. And the thing that I love about her is she just brings joy wherever she goes. She's just, she just wants to be a blessing. Yeah. She's just a lovely lady. She's been quite the blessing to GSR. Yeah, she is. Right now. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm so proud and honored to welcome my friend, Miss Angie Moore. Welcome, Angie, Angie, welcome. Thank you so much, you. Tina, Fritz, and Mike. Thank it's you for a blessing. saying yes. It's a blessing to be here. Right back at you, Tina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to start off tonight with a little thing called Two Truths and a Lie. And I, uh, it's probably been out there for a while, but I learned this from um, First United Methodist Church where I go to, uh, Pastor Chris has done it a few times yeah. uh, with the volunteer group and and then also during service. So it's a little icebreaker. We're going to start out with two truths and a lie. So basically, I'm going to tell you two things that are true and one of them is going to be a lie. And if you're interested... If That's you, a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested, you can uh, message and uh, at the end of this podcast, we'll tell you which one's the lie. So number one, my paternal grandfather taught my father and his three uncles to run moonshine or white lightning on the milk truck. <laughs> True story. So my dad was the oldest of um, the seven children. And you just told us it wasn't a lie. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I, w- I was going to say it was going to be true anyway. Well, the fact that you said white lightning leads me to believe that you already knew that it was, mm-hmm. it was the truth. Well, 
We'll see. Quit giving us the answers, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it too easy. You can tell she's a Christian. Not really. Not really. Not really. It gets, it gets pretty good. So the time period is like uh, during the Depression. Grandpa put, Grandma actually put her foot down and told my grandpa uh, that he needed to get right with God and stop being a bad role model for these young boys. And I think Grandpa, the, the way I understand it, he, uh, he was just trying to make a little money to help get him through. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So that's number one. Number two, music has been in my family's DNA, I believe. Amy Lou Harris is my cousin. My brother Barry sang for the Beach Boys and is on the cover of an album. My sister Greta and my late brother Marlon uh, were tested in school. This was primary school uh, for their musical ability, and they were off the charts. The music instructor uh, came to visit our home, and this was my mom and my stepdad, Pop. They wanted permission to be able to give them free lessons. Uh, for piano and, and uh, music lessons. Mom and Pop said yes. Okay, the last one is I was the 1974 WCLT radio station St. Valentine's Day contest winner. And I received, as part of that package, I got to the use of a brand new Buick. Now, this was in 1974 for the weekend. The only problem was, was I didn't know how to drive. It? Was it a Lesabre? It was. It was ah, top of the ah, line. Ron Klein Buick. I know in, about all them bricks. Back, back uh -huh. in back in my hometown of Nurk Nurk Ohio, as we used to say. I I also so anyway I, I didn't know how to drive a car yet. I had had lessons. I was going to have private lessons, and my brother got to use it and take his and he got to take his girlfriend out. <laughs> <laughs> now now I, I worked at State Farm at the time. I was uh, so I was a senior and I worked half a day in the in the co op program office education program. And I worked uh, half a day at State Farm at the regional office. And the guys, I, I worked in uh, the maintenance department back then. Of course, everyone used electric typewriters back then. What I did, I received calls from all the admin people there. Whenever their typewriter broke down, I had to pull the index card out and write, write a note down. And the maintenance guys would take the cart and go get the uh, typewriter and bring it back. Anyway, I digress here. So the other things I got as my gift was I got a Bible from uh, Martha's Gift Shop. I got to have a steak dinner and a heart necklace with a pearl on it mm -hmm. and a huge box of chocolates, a case of Coca-Cola and some roses. Wow. Whoa. So it was quite the deal. Okay. So that's it. Wow. So we got to figure out which figure one out. is the fib. That's right. She's making it pretty tough because she's making it sound like all three of these things actually happen. Yeah, yeah. uh, I think my favorite, though, is the moonshine story right? with yeah, Grandma right. putting her foot down. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> now, Grandma didn't tell, tell me this story. I heard it from I heard a little bit from my dad. My dad uh, passed away 95. But uh, he, I, back in the day, I, th I think he was pretty proud of you know, running that moonshine. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. you guys heard it from Angie. So for those of you on Mixler, if you're on the chat, you can uh, do your best attempt to try and guess which one is the lie. Story number one, story number two, or story number three. Can you just go down the list very briefly? If, story of, number one was story the moonshine was story. The moonshine. Was moonshine. Story number two. Story number two was the musical right. um, siblings. Yes. Yep. Right. With gifts. Right. And uh, story number three was the contest, Valentine's Day contest winner. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Radio contest yes. winner. Yes. So basically you had to. Uh, Come on, Jay Calhoun. I know you. <laughs> I, know you want, I know you want to guess. Get on the text. Uh, Come on now. 
<laughs> Come on, Robert Herman. <laughs> uh, and if you're out there, Big Brother Barry, don't be giving it away. <laughs> Hopefully, Big Brother Barry is listening. We hope so. Yes. We do have some up. Oh, we have a way in. All right. Okay. So uh, hang on, Angie. Okay. Hey, let's give them some time okay. now. All right. <laughs> she said she's going to do it at the end. Relax. Yeah, she's going to reveal it oh, at the oh, end no of fun. her testimony. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, guys. So okay. she's going to reveal it at the end. So you got to hang around. Okay. So we have a couple of guesses already, and I'll All right. reveal those towards the end. Awesome. So. And I'll just say one other thing that we'll, we'll give the reveal at the end, but uh, at the end, I'm going to give you a few tips. All those people that have had a hard time getting a hold of some uh, bathroom tissue and mm -hmm. uh, some other things, I've got some great tips oh, for you. Oh, wow. That oh, yeah? uh, cost zero ah. dollars or, you know, stay tuned. All right. Sounds yeah, good. Just kind right. of wiping the slate clean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so a little bit about myself. I have, uh, I am uh, the middle child of uh, five kids. I have brother and sister older, brother and sister younger. My uh, youngest brother, who's two years younger than me, passed away oh, in 1999. Um, we all grew up in uh, Kentucky. Uh, both my parents, both sets of grandparents, lived in a very rural part of Kentucky, uh, Appalachian area. Uh, where we lived as kids, where I was born, was like in the Daniel Boone country. And I loved growing up there. And a lot of my family's from Louisville. Yeah, Lou Louisville. That's right. Um, Which was right across the bridge from Cincinnati. Right. Now, we were uh, we were in, um, I was born in Mount Sterling, but we lived in, the closest city was Moorhead. It was about an hour from Lexington. But anyway, my parents, we'll start with my dad's side of the family. They lived along the river, the Licking River. We lived about five miles from them. And my dad was the oldest of seven kids. He was born on the year of the Great Depression on St. Valentine's Day when they had the big massacre in Chicago. Oh, wow. He was uh, in the Korean War, got hurt over there, was in the hospital in Germany for several months before they flew him back home. I know that when he was in service, uh, he was sending his paycheck home to mom and dad to help cover costs. Mm -hmm. On my mom's side of the family, there were 15 in that tribe. Wow. wow. And my mom was the oldest female and the third oldest child. And she is the, she has outlived anyone in her family. She's 86 going on 87 grandparents and everything. She's lived longer than anybody. And she's probably almost as healthy as, the healthiest of almost all of them because wow because she's lived a, a clean life mm -hmm. so that family they had a huge farm it was like a state park i think they owned about 600 and some acres had a couple of ponds a creek tobacco barn they grew tobacco grandpa grew tobacco that was the cash crop back in the day they used the uh, money that they got from that to buy their seeds flour and sugar and shoes uh, basically that was it a lot of great memories with both of the grandparents. When I was in, going in second grade, we moved to Pennsylvania, lived there for a year. My dad started a job at, on the Ohio Pipeline. We lived close to the Maryland border. It was in second grade where um, Kennedy was shot. I remember that very distinctly. We were real close to, to uh, D.C. And then we moved to Ohio, and I, so I pretty much grew up in Ohio. And I uh, loved it there because... In Kentucky, we had all of our family, which was wonderful, but we didn't really have, we had maybe a few friends and cousins to hang out with, but in Ohio, it was wonderful, the <laughs> subdivision that we lived in. 
lots of kids. Everybody had four or five kids. It was it was great. Then what happened? Actually, it happens in a lot of families. Very dysfunctional. My dad working on the pipeline. He'd be gone for weeks at a time, maybe months at a time, and then he'd come home. And um, unfortunately, he was an alcoholic and he was a mean drunk. So when I was about ten years old, things kind of went from bad to worse, and uh, my parents divorced. We moved away from that area, and that was kind of tough because I'd had all those friends, you know, even that was only for a few years. And it was at that time that actually my mom, someone that she worked with, invited her to church, and so we started going to church. Now, when I was in Kentucky, actually, we we went to church. Maybe we were like the Christers, Christmas mm-hmm. and Easter, maybe. And I actually enjoyed going to the church, and it was it was wonderful for us going to Sunday school. So basically, it was on a Sunday. You go to Sunday school, then the church service, and then you'd come back at night and go to a service. And then we also had service on Wednesday nights. The church at that time probably had, I don't know, maybe. 500 people, which was a lot for a church. Mm-hmm. So we kind of outgrew the building. They uh, bought this property and built a huge mega church. Everybody, I loved it because everybody pitched in and helped build that church. So anybody that was electrician, whatever, it was a very, very expensive to build that church back in the day. It got paid off right away just because everybody was faithful, you know, with their tithes and everything else. I really, I, I, had, I know I had a relationship with Christ then. I was actually baptized when I was 10. Once we moved in the new church, and I actually, um, I sang in the choir, loved that. We had a young people's group. That was great to go to. The parents of all of us would host maybe once a month, all of us young people, and we'd go, and that way we'd just kind of be together and get to know one another and just have a good time together. So things were pretty good until my mom remarried my stepdad, Pop. He, I'm going to just say he was in lust with my mom. <laughs> She just was trying to take care of us kids. What, what I want to say about this, God was talking to me about this. If, if you're in a relationship with anyone, you're a single parent, or you're not even married yet, you really need to have those talks, you know, about the children because he wanted her, but he sure didn't want us. Mm. It's always hard. Mm-hmm. Somebody I'm sure needed to hear that. Take but- your time. We're not, we're not in any hurry here. I think the thing with that too is that sometimes you wait so long to meet somebody and you want them to be the right person. Right, right. They're just not. Yeah. And for my mom, a good friend of mine, actually, we were, we were talking about things because, you know, we, we went to church together and everything. And she said, you know, Anne, she said, your mom never had a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And that was true. She never had a healthy relationship with my dad. And with my uh, stepdad, he, you know, he just wanted her. I mean, she even told me that he wanted to just have us go to be with our grandparents. So he could just be there with, with her. And uh, she said no. So I was glad about that. Mm-hmm. She, was, she, was a, she was a good mom. She did the best that she could. And I, I knew she did. And I love her to death. Uh, but there were a lot of things that happened that it's taken time to heal. It does. Those wounds run so deep. It, it's funny how it scars you even into adulthood. You know, I'm always amazed that things that happened as a child, it's like you carry it forward and it's, you can't just shake it loose. Right. Yeah. Right. So anyway, with, with my stepdad, I'll, I'll just say just a little bit about him. He was more than twice as old as my mom. He was very well to do. 
had a beautiful, gorgeous home. Even though we had this beautiful, gorgeous home, we, I mean, just really terrible things happened. Anyway, that's that's all I'm going to say on it for now. I'm not going to unpack all of that. That marriage lasted. They actually got divorced the year that I was uh, graduating from high school. It was kind of cool because actually uh, we had the house to ourselves uh, until they got divorced and everything got settled up. But at that time, I uh, I had already made my mind up that I was going to go live with my dad because I was graduating. Things at church, I kind of, I initially had that good relationship with Christ, but what happened, the church that I was going to was very legalistic, and it became even more so. So between that legalism and what happened at home just left a horrible taste in my mouth, and I was just done with it all. Mm-hmm. I was like, if this is... Right. Because you have no refuge at that point. Well, the church is probably a place to feel relaxed, feel, you would hope so. Yeah, there, yeah. there were there were, there were were definitely good things about the church. Basically, it was like we were in a cult mm-hmm. between the church and then the restrictions that we had at home mm-hmm. were just crazy. I mean, we weren't allowed to have friends. We weren't allowed to talk to anybody on the phone. So basically... It was about control. It was. Anyway, uh, I decide I'm going to go, you know, the day I graduate, I'm going to go be with my dad. He was there for my graduation. Uh, we left right afterwards. Let's just say that wasn't a good idea for me to do that, to mm-hmm. be there with my dad. But God protected me, even though I made stupid mistakes. He protected me. He was there for me. I actually ended up just staying with him for a little bit of time and then uh, went to my paternal grandparents and stayed with them for a while. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, I wanted to go back home and and I asked my mom if I could come back home and she said, yes, but only if you abide by a, the dress code and all of that. So basically, you know, no makeup, no jewelry, no, no, uh, basically it was almost no to everything. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and yeah, super restrictive. But actually, what I, I we kind of made a deal. I said, okay, mom, I, I'm i a good girl. I will do everything, but I'm, I'm not going to go back to that lifestyle of the dressing and all, you know. And she was like, okay. She was okay with that. So I came back home and actually got a job back at State Farm. Was there working for a couple of months, and I thought things were going well. It was decided that I was a bad influence on my younger sister. Mm. So, What did you do to... Allegedly be a bad influence to your younger sister. <laughs> you know, I knew how to sew from home ec and my mom was a seamstress, you know. I mean, she started sewing when she was nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made all of our clothes for us. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when I left home, I took those scissors and cut all my clothes off to mini skirts and mm-hmm. <laughs> and was wearing makeup. And that, that was it. I was a bad influence. That, that was it. I wasn't doing anything crazy. Mm-hmm. But that was it. So... I decided, and of course, I still really don't have any friends because we weren't allowed to, and I didn't feel like I had anywhere to go. So I get the bright idea, I'm going to hitchhike, mm. <laughs> and I'm going to go to Florida because my oldest sister had left home. Uh, actually, when she was a senior, she had her senior year, she went to the Y mm-hmm. and had a room there, and then she from there, she left and went to Tampa. We had family down there, my uncle. So what year would you say this is? It was in 74. Okay. So for that me. was pretty common back in the 70s, oh, yeah. right? For people to hitchhike. Yeah, it was, it was. but it was, but, um, you know, being a, a young person, I, we'd heard these horror stories that, mm-hmm. you know, truck drivers or whatever, pick somebody up and, mm-hmm. you know, kill them or whatever. And so I knew that was a possibility. 
I had, uh, so I told my younger sister what I was doing. I said, I can't take it. I, I left. It was probably mid morning, whatever. I had my little, a few clothes packed. And of course, I'm scared to death. I never hitchhiked before mm-hmm. in my life. You know, we had, you know, we didn't have any kind of freedom like that. I walked probably 13 miles mm-hmm. until it was dark. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I better stick my Did you have stick a my destination in mind or did you just Florida. go? Florida. Oh, okay. But what I was doing, so Newark is real close to Columbus, Ohio. And I figured I'm going to go that way and maybe get on the interstate, get on uh, 70, uh, 775. And and so what I did, I mean, God was with me because uh, it's dark and I put my thumb out. And the first person that picks me up is a state trooper. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, do you have a driver's license? And, and I did. And I looked a lot younger than I was. He said, no, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to take you over to the interstate. You're going to have a better chance of getting a ride. And I said, thank you very much. And so he took me right there to the intersection. He had his lights on and, and I get out immediately. Somebody's there to, to give me a ride. Mm-hmm. It's a young man that's about four years older than me. He's all curious, like, what's going on, you know? And I was like, well, I'm just trying to make my way to Florida. He said, well, I'm going over to Columbus. And I said, well, uh, that'll get me that that far. So, yeah, I'll take a ride with you. Well, we ended up going to his uncle's. He was actually over there uh, to get weed from his uncle. <laughs> That's typically uh, where you get it from. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the uncle's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're over there. And I'm still, I'm still kind of scared. I mean, and I never smoked pot. I, you know, I never even... Although I could have, I could have smoked cigarettes as a kid at 10 years old. My uncle gave me a cigarette and I took a, one puff and said, no, thanks. But anyway, uh, we went over there and I thought, well, you know, this might be okay. We hung out. We ended up staying the night over there. And then he asked if, uh, you know, I wanted to go back with him to his place. And he lived with his parents. And I was like, okay, you know, they lived on the lake. His mother was just amazing. She immediately accepted me. His dad didn't say boo to me. He's looking at me like, what are you doing here? You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. end up staying with them. I get pregnant, you know, even though I I really actually loved his family better than I did him. Really? I mean, I, I wasn't sure about this. (laughs) (laughs) Both of our moms um, talked us into getting married. So we got married. He actually started cheating on me before we even got married. Jeez. And he was, he would go out, get drunk, get arrested. And after the third time that this happened and I'm four months pregnant, I'm working. By this time, I've got a good job, the company that I end up making a career with. So I get a call two o'clock in the morning and it's winter. There's about, I don't know, six, four feet of snow on the ground. And I get a call and uh, he wants me to come get him out of jail. And I'm like, nope, sorry father-in-law just happened to be in the hospital at that time and so it was just my mother-in-law and I and she comes down and she's all worried and upset and everything and and I said you know I can't take it anymore I'm sorry I can't I have to protect me and my baby my unborn baby I said I'm I'm out of here she was so upset that I was leaving and she was gonna be there by herself and she was a sweetheart but she she uh, told me she was gonna commit suicide Oh no! And I said, I said, I will call nine one one. I'm sorry, but I this just makes me sick, and it's not good for me, and I, I can't do it. And so I left. She didn't do anything, but she was just, you know, mm-hmm. I think she was at her wit's end. I drove over to my mom's. I didn't even call. I, I just drove over, and she accepted me back in, and I ended up staying over there with her. 
we had all planned on going to Florida, my in-laws and uh, my husband and I, uh, because they were getting ready to retire like in a year. And we'd, we had plans to go after my daughter was born. We were going to go to Florida. We were, we were going to stop at my sister's in Tampa and then go down to her family in Fort Myers. And I really wanted to go. I did go on, end up going on that trip with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I saw them, but I didn't, I wasn't good. I knew I wasn't going to get back with, with, uh, with my ex mm-hmm. or with my, we were separated. I, I knew I wasn't going to get back with him. When on the road trip down, it, everything was good. We got to my, my sister's. A friend of mine that I really had a, the hugest crush on in high school had actually contacted me like before we went on the trip. And I really should have just been straight up honest with him about what I was doing. I knew I wasn't going to get back with uh, with uh, uh, my ex, and I really wanted to be with him. But we we you know we had just seen each other. That was it. Well, he didn't even have my number. I you know I didn't give him my phone number, my sister's number. He called my brother and said, "Hey, uh, do you have her number? I know she's going to Florida." So he calls my sister's house, and my husband answers the phone. Let's just say it wasn't nice. Mm-hmm. Pot started fl- uh, flower pots. He broke flower pots. He choked me, mm. tried to choke me. You know, it was okay for him to cheat on me all this time and do all that. And Just anyway, even the thought. Just of, even the thought of yeah. it. So so we only end up staying there maybe a day with my sister and uh, her boyfriend. And we go down to Fort Myers. I think that first night we were there, he, he tried to choke me again. I got a phone call. It was actually that next day. My uh, brother Marlon had been in a bad accident. He had he and his friends had hopped a train, where the train where the um, train connects, mm-hmm. the cars connect. Uh, he was he was on that, got his leg caught in it, his foot caught in it. It was a bad situation. He was in um, close to West Virginia, Pennsylvania. So my sister called me and said, "Hey, you know this happened," and I was like, well, "Can you come get me? Because I, I want to go home." So that was God. I believe that was God. He so I flew flew back home. So I still didn't get divorced just because I, I didn't have the money to pay mm-hmm. for, for a lawyer or whatever. So go forward two years. I have my own place now I've, uh, and I'm raising my daughter. The grandparents are still involved and seeing her. They had actually retired. They both worked for Owens, Illinois. They both retired and they were actually in Florida again. And I get a call uh, from my ex and he's in jail once again, and this time it's serious, and he wants me to call mom and dad. I am so upset. I'm like, really? Your parents are retired. They should be enjoying the time of their lives, and, and this happened? So anyway, I did call him, but right after that happened, um, I went ahead and managed to find the money and got a divorce because it, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. I kind of went into shock, very depressed. I actually... The in-laws, I, I still love them, and, and I wanted them to be around our da- my daughter, but um, they were, like, manipulating me. They wanted me to allow her to go see him. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no. And how, they, how old would you say you were at so, this point? Uh, let's see. Angela was, uh, see, my daughter was two when it happened, so 22, 23. You're still really I'm, young. I am. Yeah. Gosh. But the thing was, um, so I was I was really kind of torn because I wanted to please them and I wanted to still be in their lives. I didn't want to do this. I said, well, what are you going to, you know, no, because 
no, it's just it's just not right uh, because of the situation. And they're like, oh, what are you, you going to tell her? What story are you going to tell her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. about where her dad is? Because she doesn't understand any of this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, we could say it was something to do with a gun or something like that. I'm like, no, we're not lying. Mm-hmm. No. But they wore me down, wore me down. And I got to thinking, okay, well, my dad had gotten into trouble. Well, my dad actually was restricted from seeing us. But looking back in hindsight, yeah, that was the best thing because mm-hmm. he was not a good person. I did go with her once maybe twice. And then I said, you know, no, we're we're done. I'm not going to do it again. And they actually took me to court Mm -hmm. because I didn't want her going over there because they would ask her, do you want to go see your daddy? Right. Yeah. So that's when I put my foot down and said, no, I, they actually took me to court and they got rights to see her. And I I wasn't trying to withhold, you know, them from seeing her because they were wonderful. Uh, and they were good to me. I just didn't want this whole situation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happened. They were not allowed to take her anymore. But uh, I, at that point, I decided, you know, I need a change of scenery. I uh, decided that I was going to quit my job and move to Florida and just get away from town. And I did that. That was in like 80, in the early 80s. When I got to Florida, I realized I was in Tampa. I realized uh, that unless you're working for a really good company, sunshine is part of the pay package. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even making half of what I was in Ohio, even though I was with my uh, older, my uh, initially I was with my uh, older sister and mom and I had an apartment and then it didn't take long. I was uh, able to get something else, but I was just so upset because I mean, I w- really wasn't making, I was struggling. So I actually decided to um, reach out to uh, my former employer in Ohio and ask if if I could come back and get a job. Yes, yes, I could. Mm-hmm. And so I did. We moved back, and I was only there maybe three months or so. While I was in Tampa, I had actually filled out an application. There were no openings. Uh, there were only two admin uh, positions available. The person who was responsible for that office, she was a regional manager. She knew me. She was actually uh, the HR assistant when I worked in Ohio. She called me up and. Uh, she said, you know, I, I just found out uh, that you're back in Ohio. She said, I never would have called you if I'd known you were back here. And I said, well, I said, what would the possibility be of going back? Because I really would like to go back. And she says, you're hired. Ooh. And she said, but we can't pay for your um, moving costs or anything like that. I said, that's fine. And she says, uh, now your your boss, Dick, he's not going to be too happy. You know, he just gave you this job. And And I said, well, you know. Hopefully, everything will be okay. Moved back to Florida. It was wonderful. I got a great job. Was there for, uh, in that office, I think it was there maybe six or seven years. It was about this time, probably it was in like 84, that I met uh, husband number two. And uh, we met at a party. Uh, He was from England. He was, uh, actually, he had lost his job in England. He worked for a big uh, printing company. And had been with them. He did his apprenticeship, five-year apprenticeship, and had been with them for 15 years. And their company got sold out. They'd been in business for 100 years. They got sold out. He got a pay package. He was in Tampa. And uh, he was actually house-sitting for his good friends that were spending Christmas in, in England. The rest of that's history. We uh, we dated and, and got married. And life was good. I thought life was good. Getting back to uh, relationships and so forth, I mean... I, I guess I'm so naive. I thought that when you got married, you really didn't have to talk about if you wanted to have children or whatever, you know, 
we were married three years and things were great. He accepted my daughter, get pregnant. He seems happy and everything, but um, he actually stopped being a husband to me after I had my son. It was tough, but I hung in there. I mean, I'm working. We're both working. He works nights. I'm working. I'm taking care of a teenager and a, and a baby. And uh, But life was good. I mean, we had a good house and, and uh, things were going well. It was right at this time that my company made an announcement that their agricultural business was forming a partnership with uh, uh, another company in Indianapolis, and it was going to be huge. The position that I had in Tampa, I had already basically gone as high as I could, the level that I could, and just said to me, why don't you ask your manager if uh, you could possibly go to Indianapolis where this new joint venture is going to be? And so I did, and she said, absolutely, under one condition if you'll come work in the sales office for me for a year. <laughs> and then she says, because I'm losing all of my people. I said, absolutely. She was amazing, um, Carol Moore. She paid for all of our costs for moving. They bought our house for us because we had that house built. It was only you know three years old. So we got to Indianapolis, put us up in the embassy suites for a month because all these people were coming in town that were coming to join this new joint venture from all over from Midland and Midland, Michigan and all. Uh, life was good again. It took us probably a couple months to find a house, but they put us up that whole time. They even helped uh, my husband find a job. Uh, but it was great because my daughter was going in. Um, she was a freshman starting high school. Of course, they both did not want to leave Florida. My job was more stable. Anyway, we went and my, my daughter says, I'll go, but I have to be there for the first day of school. I'm like, okay. So uh, my husband took her to school. It was probably 25 mile drive just from where we were staying to where we knew we were going to move to the school system. So that all worked out great. I, I asked if we could have counseling. My husband, I said, you know, he wouldn't talk to me and tell me anything. I mean, communication is so important. People don't realize how important it is. Why can't we just talk about things? But some people can't. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, we were in counseling for two years and the counselor gave up on us. Mm -hmm. Basically, he wanted to talk about how. We can text about them. Right. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't like yeah. the printing industry in the U.S. versus England. And uh, that's all I heard about. We ended up getting a divorce. Basically, I have a, a child that's going in kindergarten and a child that's going off to college. Mm -hmm. And all this is happening. But we got through all of that. It was probably a couple years after that that I met number three. I was trying to be more careful this time. And I basically, back then, it was an ad in the paper. I said, I want a non-smoker, non-drinker, uh, non-drugs. Basically, he was a great, I thought we were a good fit. You know, we enjoyed each other's company and everything. Uh, he had a good job. He loved, you know, my son. I thought he did. He lied about smoking and drinking. <laughs> uh, he wasn't on drugs, but um, unfortunately, he was this alcoholic that could go for months and not have anything. But if he had one drop, that was it. He could not stop. He would drink himself into a stupor. And after that happened like four times, I, I said, nope, I'm, you're, this is not a good role model for my son. It, uh, he was a CPA. I wanted to go visit my family in Ohio. And when we came back, he was passed out on the floor in his vomit. I thought he was dead with the dogs around him and stuff. And that was like, that was it. Okay. 
I guess one thing I would say about relationships for me, I think it was kind of hard for me to actually have a good relationship just because of all the um, restrictions that we had. I just wanted somebody to love me. Yeah. And just I wanted to give them love and, and have love and it just didn't happen. And but you know what? I didn't have the, the thing is, I didn't have the relationship with Christ. And that's the important mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, was, I was about ready to ask, where was Jesus in all of this? Exactly. He wasn't. He, uh, he, he was in part of it, maybe my second marriage, because we did start going to church at Unity Church. And he was the one that was like, he didn't go to church of England. That was it. Actually, I told him, I says, when we get married, I want to get married in church. I want to do it right. Or I want to get married with by pastor anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that. And we actually started going to church. And that was kind of planting seeds. The one thing I did wrong, but God helped with throughout, throughout all of this, my daughter actually brought me back to Christ. Because oh, wow. when we when she was in high school, she there was a group of kids that would meet. Uh, she made friends right away. And there was probably at least a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. And they were good Christian friends. And they uh, actually would meet at school before school started. And uh, she started going to church and invited me to go, and I'd go when I could. So she was planting those seeds back in me. Because what happened, the church that I was in, I know that there were a lot of good people there, and I know that you know the word was being preached. There was a point where it was a, actually like in your face. And if you, basically, if you did all this, you're going straight to hell, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can never do this. So, I mean, and I didn't know anything else. We weren't allowed to go to any other churches. I didn't even try to go to any other churches, mm-hmm. and uh, God brought me back into the fold. Uh, it wasn't actually until I moved here to Florida. I moved here in, after I retired in 2010. I would actually, when I would come down to visit the kids from Indiana, I would go to church with them, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when I moved down, I actually accepted Christ as my Savior once again, and it's been wonderful that I've actually been able to get deeper into the word and actually learn because there was a point when I was, you know, young, it just, I just blocked it out. If you're up there screaming and shouting at at me Mm -hmm. and telling me thou shalt not do anything, I'm just, I'm tuned out. It was, uh, it was a blessing to go somewhere and see something different Mm -hmm. and, and to come back to Christ. And I've had struggles. So actually uh, this past week, it was a huge break breakthrough because i know people keep saying why can't you just let that stuff go well only god knows your story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and as much as you try even asking him sometimes it's tough Mm -hmm. but i tell you we went to a treat Mm -hmm. a retreat last week and Mm -hmm. it was amazing and that was meant to be it really helped me to look at things even in a different perspective just from all the wonderful people the ladies that were there through retreat sharing their stories and Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like God really helped release, helped me to, because I know I, I thought I had forgiven myself, but I hadn't really, and I still had all that baggage. Because what would happen would be, I, you know, the enemy always tries to, when you're trying to follow Christ, he's always there, you know, trying to tempt you or whatever, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'd be like, well, I'm not really sure. Am I doing the right thing? You know, is this really right what I'm doing? And I wasn't actually following everything that I should have. Because I'm still thinking I had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And that was part of growing up. My mom expected perfection. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I was this little, this perfectionist had to go to the nth to do everything. And I was even like, 
order my brothers and sisters around, you know, because I basically cleaned the house. I was a sous chef. I, I uh, did all this stuff. She pretty much left me alone because I was doing all this stuff. But that was so ingrained in me that everything has to be perfect. Mm. And I thought that I had to be perfect. And if I made mistakes or whatever, that, that I wouldn't be right with God and I couldn't go to heaven. But now I know that none of us are perfect, but, but Jesus Christ. Right. We're all perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. And we make mistakes. Amen to that. All and, needing uh, Jesus. We can get back up again. Loves us despite us. That's right. So one of the things I'm doing differently now is um, I get up in the morning and I start listening to worship music. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my little Google mini. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, Google, play Lauren Daigle or play Matthew West mm-hmm. or whatever. Get into that and then have myself some tea and get into the Bible and then just get out of myself and start doing for others. Mm-hmm. There being, you go. Being the feet and mm-hmm. hands of Jesus. I see that in you constantly. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite things about you, which I don't think you get enough credit for, is I love the fact that you are a free spirit. You know, you really are. You're light and bubbly and happy and joyful. Thank you. And um, it's my favorite thing about you. Well, I I think because I felt so different growing up that I always... It was almost like I was a magnet for other people mm-hmm. that they would come to me because I accepted everybody, you know, until you prove me wrong because of what we've been through. You know, I That's wanted to be, I wanted to anymore, be, Andy, I wanted to you. be there for other people. So I like different, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just so grateful that you chose to share your story with us. Angie. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so for much. Having thank me. you. Somebody needed to hear all that. I'm, and there isn't a soul left on, on Mixler. Well, they're waiting to hear. They're the, waiting to hear the, the okay. news. I'm going right. to tell you the, the lie. The All right. oh. Before you do that, Angie, I want to yeah. say one thing. Yeah. Okay. I want to say that God is, as you know, which I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but I want to profess it. God is a God of restoration and mm-hmm. he is restoring your life. Yes, he and is. And your story is not finished being written yet. Yes. And I guarantee that he is going to restore all areas of your life. I just, I see it. Yes. I truly believe that I do. I do. As you continue to surrender areas of your life, he will continue to restore. Absolutely. I believe that. And you know, we're your family here. Yes. So it'll be, we'll have a front row seat to it all. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So are we ready for the reveal? I think they are. All right. Okay. Well, do any of you want to guess? The overwhelming majority says number two. Number two. Okay. I'll say number three, just because I'm like that. All right. I'm thinking it's two. Okay. Robert Herman, you didn't weigh in. I'm disappointed. Really? (laughs) So number two, was that the music? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, that's correct. And the thing that was a lie was that they said no instead of yes. Oh. So no to my brother and sister. No, they could not have free lessons. Uh Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Even though they would have been fully paid for and they were, they felt like they were really gifted. The answer was no instead of yes. From your parents? From my parents. So number two was the official lie. Yes. 
Well, everybody online got it right. It was overwhelming, number two. Right. Robert Herman did weigh in, number two. (laughs) Sure did. But but the rest of it is true. true. The rest of it is true. Uh, Emily Lou Harris is my cousin. Um, All the rest of that is true. Your brother sang with the Beach Boys? Okay. Uh, So that's very interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. That's a story he loved to tell his students. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like an admission. So he loved the Beach Boys back in the day, mm-hmm. right? And he had this. Who didn't? Right, right. And I he didn't. Would, he would be driving around town, I and just... he even had one of these PA systems in his car, right? Oh, He'd be wow. singing and shouting out to the ladies. Uh-huh. So that's how he was singing with them uh-huh. in the car, singing uh-huh. with them. Oh, okay. how cute is that? All right. <laughs> and uh, so he was on the cover of an album, Oh, but it wasn't the Beach Boys count. But it wasn't the Beach Boys. It was our choir album. Oh, nice. So. <laughs> and he's listening today, right? He is. And there was one other thing that he used to say with that. And I don't remember what it was, but there were three things. And and the kids just always like, what? Well, why don't you <laughs> give your brother a shout out? Hey, Barry, I love you, big brother. I love you and Linda and all the family. Awesome. Awesome. I'm not sure who's on, but there was like eight on at one time. And I couldn't tell who they were. Tell who they were, but. Yeah. yeah, I gave him the they instructions. Were on, uh, some were on, at least partially. Yeah. Well, I, again, I know that we've been asking you for a while, and mm-hmm. um, I'm just so grateful that you said yes. So thank you again. Yes, thanks for having me. You know, God really convicted me. It was um, when at FUMC, Pastor Chris was doing the Slaying Giants. Oh, yeah. 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 And um, one of those characters was Barry Bitter. Oh, <laughs> that's not a very common name, right? Very and, uh, bitterness, very bitter. Yeah. But all of those, I mean, that really, um, God was convicting me through all through that whole series. You should tell him that. You should. That yes. would bless him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, you know, sitting down, going through this, um, it's it's healing in itself. Talking about it, yes, and getting it out into the open. It really is. I think it's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. It is. It's Absolutely. like freedom, you know. I it mean, is. It is. The truth shall set you free. That's right. It shall. Amen. The what? The truth. The Massachusetts. The Massachusetts. I couldn't resist that, Mike. I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. That was a. <laughs> well, Miss Angie, I just love and adore you. Well, I really do. Same goes. And thank I'm you. I'm so thankful and grateful that you all have been in our lives. I actually met Tina and Fritz. Uh, uh, they used to be the the uh, leaders of a singles group. And mm-hmm. uh, you two are amazing. And, and I love listening to God's Stories Radio and hearing all of you and just the wealth that God has given you um, with the scripture and everything else. You're just all such a blessing to me. We well, we're a blessing well, you. because you're a blessing. That's right. And you choose to bless us, which keeps us going. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I can't thank you enough for that. Uh-huh. Yes. And we are just trying to radiate the Father's glory right back to him. That's, That's right. right. Thank Amen. you, Lord. We're trying to bring hope and encouragement to the world through yes. all this pandemic. The only reason why there's all these verses are in my head is because I'm in the word constantly. Amen. Mm-hmm. You have to be. I don't know how you make it. And you, if you don't, right? So I just got myself a new Bible. I decided nice uh, oh, good to get you. a different version. This is the English Standard version. Oh, I okay. Awesome. Yes, uh, yeah, I grew up on the King James version. Love Ooh. all the versions, but uh, um, 
I'm getting deeper into the word all the time. And mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And you know, I just discovered something new on Spotify, which I may as well just share real quick too. It's um, it'll give you a, a Bible passage every day, okay. and um, it'll take you through the Bible in a year. And I was just really touched by it. Um, Spotify? It, yeah, it's on really? Spotify. Oh, it's wow. called The Daily Bible. Ah. So it's free. You can just uh, pull that up on Spotify, The Daily Bible, and it'll read a passage to you every day. And, you know, if you stick to it every day, you'll have listened to the entire Bible in a year. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I've been playing catch up, obviously, because... Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of extra time. <laughs> I like how you say ketchup and then you put ketchup on your hot dog. Too. Uh, Is that the, you, that's the Brit coming out in you probably. Yep. So I don't know. Well, thanks again, Angie, for coming. And hey, thank you very much. Listen, if thank you, you have a testimony, me. we want to hear from you. Godstoriesradio at gmail.com. If you have a testimony, if you're like Angie and you want to come and share, uh, if you want to call in, you can do that. If you want to write in, we've read testimonies mm-hmm. before. We'd be more than happy to because we are God Stories Radio. Mm-hmm. And we have no problem sharing your God Stories. If you'd like to be a guest here in the studio, contact God Stories Radio Tina at gmail.com. Check us out on the web, godstoriesradio.com. You can get to all the podcasts there. Every single one of them, back to one. Also, you can get us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Radio.com, Spreaker, Stitcher. That, yeah, uh-huh. and there's wow. more. But uh, What's your excuse for not listening? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And tell people about us. Tell, please. We're a free resource, and encouraging you has been our only agenda. How are you doing over there, Angie? You, doing great. A little nervous? Uh, no, I'm you got everything I'm good packed up? <laughs> okay, I was just checking. She got her new Bible. It's, it's pretty. That's right. I was so grateful. Um, I Googled to see if there were any Christian bookstores available because it's sad that yeah. there's hardly any bookstores, period. Yeah, especially yeah. the and mom and pop ones are right? going out. And there's a wonderful one on uh, 50 if you're going yep. east. I know where you're talking drive. about. Fit or fix? Yep. yep. Fit. 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 Okay. Yep. Fit I've Bible been there many study. Times. Or excuse me, fit uh Christian bookstore in uh, what Winter, city Winter would Garden. that be? I think Win- it's Winter Garden. Winter Garden yes. or a Coe? I think it is yes. considered a yeah, Coe Winter Garden. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, shout out to them right. for hanging in there. Absolutely. Right. Shout out to them. Shout out to Mr. Jay Calhoun who got everything right. I'm going to send you a prize. I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> I think Robert Herman just jumped on the bandwagon, but that's okay. <laughs> I we think it's you, bragging buddy. rights we anyway. You, <laughs> I want to thank everybody that's on Mixler. I can't tell. There's a few more people on, but I can't tell who you are. If you follow us, I can see who you are. Although you might not want me to see who you are because <laughs> I will call you out like I do Robert Herman and Jay Calhoun. <laughs> I love those. They're my buddies and they're faithful and we appreciate them. We appreciate Angie for coming tonight. Yes. We just love and appreciate each and every one of you. So that about wraps it up for session 246. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless.